Hello, I'm Scott Winnale, and this is TW Now. Welcome back to those who are our return viewers, and welcome if you're a new viewer. Democracy could be one of the most stable forms of humanly created government, while it lasts. Globally, democracies have brought great peace, stability, and abundance to much of the world, yet many democracies seem to be faltering under changing morals, social norms, and geopolitical pressures. And many strongman leaders seem to be usurping the powers of the people. Over the last year or two, many prominent news sources have run headlines about the decline of democracy, and some are even predicting the death of democracy. The prestigious monthly publication The Atlantic ran a cover article in October 2018 asking the question, is democracy dying? This can be seen on your screen right now. So, are the many articles and news stories just media hype, or is democracy really in decline? What is the future of the Democratic Republic? Today's returning guest will share insights and answers that you will find fascinating, including insights gleaned from the pages of your Bible. Mr. Rod McNair is with us again today. Mr. McNair is a Tomorrow's World telecast presenter and writer who has focused much of his writing in the areas of history and government. He's also a minister and a Bible teacher. Welcome back, Mr. McNair. Thanks a lot. And Mr. Stephen Elliott, uh, is a minister and student of both history and geopolitics. He's joining us via Skype from Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, and it's good to have you back with us again. Thank you. Before we get started, just to our audience, if you do have questions as we carry out our discussion today, please feel free to message us, and we'll do our best to address some of your questions. Also, please be sure to subscribe, like, or share today's program. Okay, gentlemen, as we begin, and Mr. Elliott, let me come to you first. Let's define democracy a little bit. What is democracy, and how might it be different than other forms of government? I think most people today think of democracy as of the people, by the people, for the people. Majority rules. If they can get enough people to agree with them, then they can control, they can rule. That's uh, technically not how we started, but I think that's what people think of it today. Okay, yeah, and we certainly are seeing more of that today, aren't we? Yes, we certainly are. Mr. McNair, any thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, basically, uh, just following up on Mr. Elliott, uh, the, um, it, it's government that is not hereditary. Uh, it's government that is not necessarily by military power, uh, by the, the strongest gets in, but it is by the consent of the governed. So it really is a... Uh, uh, unique in that sense and, and very distinct from some of the other historical types of government. Okay, uh, let me just ask, I'll throw this up for either of you. Uh, we see democracy, or the term liberal democracy used, Western democracy, uh, yet we also see the term republic used. And many of the nations that are, have democratic forms of government really are uh, at least claim to be republics. I any insights there? Any further definition for our audience? I think, I think basically uh, a true democracy would be one man, one vote, um, where it's uh, every person's vote or put in a pot and then, you know, the, 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 the most votes wins. As opposed to a representative democracy, which is a republic, which is what we have, where you're essentially uh, you're voting for 
uh, others to represent you and 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 that uh, so it's yeah it's a republic it's not a true democracy in that sense so but we've really blurred the line um, I think we kind of throw out the d democracy uh, as uh, and, and the the line is is kind of blurry okay originally we started by choosing people that we thought I say we this is few hundred years ago, mm -hmm. that were thought to be wise and someone that could be trusted, and then we committed to them the responsibility of selecting the president. So it wasn't one man, one vote. They were landed gentry, people who had been successful, who had learned over time certain things that were thought to be valuable, mm. and they were relied on originally to select the president and the leaders of the country. Now that's changed. That's changed down through time. We've probably forgotten that. Mm. And now all of our leaders are directly voted in by the populace. I was eating lunch with some people yesterday and they were just reminding me about something about what you're talking about. Uh, that one of the other criterion for selecting these representatives, at least in the United States, was they all had to profess to be Christians mm. as well. Mm which is something very different than we see, not only in this country today, but in most um, democracies around the world. Mm -hmm. Mr. McNair, let me come to you with another question here. When we look around the world, and we look at democracies around the world, and even here in the United States, is democracy in decline, as some of these articles point out? <clears throat> That's definitely what we're hearing, what we're seeing. Uh, from the from the headlines, and I think we can see it even in our own personal experience when we when we look at some of the the ideas that that democracy espouse. One being the rule of law, uh, one being the the fact that you cannot, you know, one of the basic premises of democracy is that the law is applied to everyone. No one is above the law, and what we're seeing in in the current climate is more and more uh, people, more and more in, in leaders, in many cases, are feeling like they're above the law, and they can sort of make the rules as they go along, and that really does begin to erode the whole premise of, of democracy. Mm -hmm. Mr. Elliott. Some of these articles that you referenced earlier point out that under the original governance in this country, all minorities were protected. All minorities had a role. Now, it may not be the role they wanted. There was slavery at that time. But even so, everyone was protected at that time. Now we're coming into a time that looks a lot more like tribalism, where the biggest tribe or the biggest number gets their way, mm -hmm. and those who are weaker, those who are a minority in some way, those who can't defend themselves or even fend for themselves are often left behind. So now we're coming into a totally different situation. Tribalism can be a very terrible way of living as we've seen around the world. Mm. It's interesting, all three of us have traveled around the world in uh, nations that have claimed to be democracies, but where we definitely see tribalism uh, between classes of people or different ethnic groups in those nations. Even though they're democracies, we definitely have seen that. Mr. McNair, as you think about decline of democracies around the world, can you think of any more specific examples of how that's happening or where that might be happening? 
<clears throat> well, you have um, you have examples in overseas. You have uh, in Russia. You have certain nations um, uh, in Eastern Europe where you're hearing about some of the some strong men that are rising. Uh, certainly, um, you have in our own country. Uh, there, there are some people who are uh, throwing that at, at uh, our president for uh, doing things that are beyond the law and, and really seeing himself as above the law. Um, so you, you are seeing, and again, we're not, we're not here to get into politics, but this is what, what the, um, the commentators are saying. So um, around the world, there are more and more cases where some leaders are feeling like they're above the law and they're so far getting away with it. Mm -hmm. There are many countries that just don't seem to be working today and democracy hasn't been providing what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. There seems to be, from what I'm reading, a, a movement to go back to uh, kings and queens where we actually have monarchies because people no longer trust voted in leaders and they think perhaps the king or queen would be wiser. It's interesting you mentioned that. I was reading something the other day on a poll that was done in Europe and they had polled, I believe it was German young people and something like 25 to 30 percent of German young people were in favor of bringing back either the monarchy or a military leader as uh, the leader of the country. You, you know, following up on that, it, it's interesting that um, some, many people feel like, well, if democracy, if only that we can, we can get the message across that democracy will bring all of these blessings. And as you mentioned, Mr. Elliott, uh, what we're seeing is that it's, it's, and some of the articles that we've been talking about point this out, that um, it's not loyalty to a system that makes people want to, to be a part, part of that system. It's, is there food on the table? Am I basically secure from my neighbors stealing my stuff? And as long as economically things are going well, mm. um, democracy have, has flourished in many countries. When it, things are not going well, then they start looking for other systems, and if somebody comes along, a strong man who can guarantee, mm. I'm going to put food on your table, and I'm going to crack down on crime, guess what? Suddenly, that's a very desirable system. So it's not mm. so much loyalty to democracy that, uh, that many idealistic, naive people have thought it would take root. Mm. It's economics. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I think there was a loyalty to democracy in this country, say, 100, 150 years ago. But that seems to be gone now. Hmm. Yeah. Now we're seeing strong men rulers like Putin uh, and Turkey and other places, China, and they seem to be taking over for life because of all the problems, and people are accepting that. Accepting it. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. One of the <clears throat> major components and uh, pieces that most people believe is critical to democracies is free speech. When we look around the world at democracies, even in this country, what are we noticing with the concept of free speech, Mr. Elliot? As we, as, as we look at uh, leaders in these nations, as we look at just what's going on amongst the populace. 
Well, it seems to me from my my readings that uh, no dictator can tolerate free speech. He has to control what's out there. He has to control the propaganda. And so we're seeing more and more of that in the uh, strong man. I shouldn't call them dictatorial countries yet because many of them are not. Mm. But the strong man countries, they want to control the message. And now we also have the idea that everything needs to be fair and everybody needs to be compensated. And so that lends itself to more editing and more controlling information. Uh, just this last week, some of our major um, social media, I couldn't think of the word for a minute, social media is saying, well, we're for free speech, but we're not for hate speech. And so we're going to control it if we don't like it. Mm. All this seems to come together. And what it's going to do if that continues is narrow the bandwidth, narrow what we can hear and provide more propaganda for the accepted uh, subject. Mm. It, it's interesting on, on the college campuses today, what do, we, what do we see? You know, here are the incubators of the leaders of uh, the next couple of decades. Mm -hmm. And these should be, and these have had a tradition of free speech, of free expression. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sort of what universities and colleges are known for. Mm -hmm. And yet, amazingly, there are certain things that as long as you support certain illiberal agenda, mm -hmm. um, then you can talk, but if you happen to believe in the Bible or believe in a God who created us and uh, have uh, certain traditional values, suddenly mm -hmm. your free speech is taken away. So uh, you're right, in, in, in this country as well, in the U.S., uh, free speech is, it's chilling to see really the seeds of of, of another aspect of a liberal democracy, and that is everybody has can say what they what they believe. Mm -hmm. uh, it is going by the wayside. Let me ask you one more question, and Mr. McNair, I'm going to come right back to you with this one. When we look at governments in history, um, do we see cycles in government? Do we see long-lasting democracies? Uh, or what, what follows democracies? I think back to Rome uh, in being a, a democracy that many people have, have highlighted, Rome did fall. It, or should we be surprised by potentially a decline in democracy at this day and age? Not at all, not at all. I think I saw one, uh, one article where uh, the, 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 the author had done a study <clears throat> of 30 different civilizations throughout history and the average lifespan was about 300 years and so you're right we think of uh, we think of civilizations lasting a long long time they they grow and they die and we were talking about this before the the program uh, Plato sort of outlined the progression of different types of government and he, he he mentioned how there there is a progression of monarchy or aristocracy starting off and then it goes to uh, uh, what he called timocracy, uh, sort of a benevolent military rule. And then oligarchy, ruled by the, the, those, the wealthy and uh, the landowners. And then democracy and anarchy. And where you get to the point where you have basically pure liberty, which is 
what we are starting to see today that some people are feeling more and more that they have a right to do anything they want no matter how it affects other people and his conclusion was that leads to tyranny and so uh, that was the life cycle he he saw and that seems to make a lot of sense mm. Mr. Elliott, thoughts about that question, cycles? Well, you know, we, we look back in history, and it seems like humans have tried every imaginable form of government repeatedly. And those, all of them have failed. At some point in time, every one of them has failed. And so, as Mr. McMahon was saying, they move on. They move on and try something else, or try a little different flavor of something else. And that's been the history over the last 6,000 years of recorded history, and nothing has ever worked. We've never found, as a, as a race, we humans have never found a form of government that actually works and accomplishes everything. Mm -hmm. Well, that really, <clears throat> Mr. Elliott, comes, it pushes us in another direction here. Why? Why hasn't mankind found something that works? And more, more pointedly, what does the Bible have to say? about this and even about the decline of democracy well god created us we are all ministers we read the bible we believe in it that's that's our main study text god created us for a purpose and he told us what would work he told us that his form of government his way of treating other people treating them properly treating them as we wanted to be treated treating them according to his honorable standards would work. But we don't want to do that. That's too much work or it's not self-seeking enough. And so every other form of government is uh, a way away from God's government. And so ultimately it can't work. We are looking forward to a time when we are going to have God's government, but that's still some time down the road. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting that we're, we're talking about the demise of democracy, and yet we have been recipients of the blessings of it. And so I just want to throw that out there, that mm -hmm. the fact that we can even do this work, that we can talk uh, freely uh, about mm -hmm. the truth and about the Bible and about what we believe, uh, really is a testament to the, the fact that we have been tremendously blessed in this country. Um, I think it's interesting how uh, we were talking about a quote from John Adams before the, the program. He said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And it's interesting how I think s many people today, uh, those who, who believe in, as Mr. Elliot mentioned, uh, who do have a strong affinity for our system. There are some people who almost worship the system and feel like, well, if we can only fix it, if we can only tweak it, if we can only, you know, get back to it, as opposed to understanding that it's because of God's blessings, it's because of, uh, of even an underpinning of, of traditional morals that came from where? The Bible. You know, we can look at the rule of law. Where did that come from? The Bible. The idea that everybody is equal before the law. Where did that come from? The Bible, the original constitution at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And so once you strip away 
that foundation, and once you strip away why we have been blessed, um, suddenly, uh, you know, idolizing the system is a dead end and will, will lead to disaster. Mm -hmm. There was a wise man named Winston Churchill. He died many years ago, and I think today many people have forgotten him, but he said something that always stuck in my mind. Many forms of government have been tried and will be tried in this world of sin and woe. No one pretends that democracy is perfect or all wise. Indeed, it's been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms. <laughs> Very well so said. So we try it. We try it because we think it's better, but it never seems to produce exactly what we want. Does the Bible give us any insights into forms of government at the end of the age? I guess uh, put a different way, and actually one of our uh, Facebook listeners asked the question this way, are there any Bible prophecies about democracy at the end of the age or what will happen to democracies uh, amongst God's Israelite-descended people at the end of the age? Mr. McNair. Interesting question. You know, will there be democracy in the millennium? Uh, because here we, we believe and we teach and we hold to in, in this work um, the fact that, that Christ is going to return and that he's going to set up a kingdom. He's going to be the king. I mean, he's the king of kings. Mm -hmm. And uh, we read in the New Testament about the saints who are reigning over cities. So really the whole idea of democracy, you know, rulership uh, with consent of the governed is, is, is really not God's mindset. Now, is it going to be a, a wonderful and blessed time? Absolutely. Micah said every man will, will sit under his mm -hmm. fig tree and his vine and mm -hmm. no one shall make them afraid. What a tremendous truth and what a tremendous promise as mr elliot said no system has accomplished that perfectly yet mm -hmm. but it's coming well it's interesting you talk about christ and the saints reigning over for, from a human perspective for many people that's scary uh, you have this one person who's all powerful yet what's different is this all powerful person is not a person uh, right he's not flawed he's perfect and so we actually have a perfect being leading this world government, as opposed to human beings trying to do it. Absolutely. We also have the perfect being that created us, designed us, and knows exactly how we function the best. Mm. And he's going to lead us in that direction so that what we do will be successful, happy, complete. Mm. At the beginning, there are going to be people resisting it because they just don't know it but it's going to produce what everybody wants. Isn't it amazing that that being, uh, as we read in Isaiah, it says he will put down all rebellion. He will, uh, they will make war no more. He will rebuke many nations afar off. And yet, we also read that God is love. So we have this being who, who made us, as Mr. Elliot mentioned, who knows us, who understands us, who built us, who has the power to put down violence against us, against mm -hmm. people, and also has the character and has the whole mindset of love, the perfect ingredient that you need for government. It'll be wonderful. 
It's very different than the way we're used to looking at things right. through, through our lens of world history. Prior to Jesus Christ coming back, uh, the end of humanity, what kind of prophecies does the Bible have to say? What, what does the Bible put forth in terms of uh, letting us know what's going to happen to our Western liberal democracies? Mr. Elliot. There's going to be a terrible time coming up of world war. I don't know whether it'll be World War Three or Three and Four, but Bible prophesies that all the anger, all the frustration, all the failed governments uh, is going to produce armies that are going to fight each other. It's going to be a terrible time. There's going to be a a government centered in Western Europe, basically headed by Germany, Austria, in alliance with the world's Christian religion, the Catholic Church, and then other countries and other governments are going to resist them from the south, probably meaning the Arabic or the Arab-speaking countries, and then from the east, the Orient. So ultimately, there will be a terrible time of a few years, a short time, and then Christ is going to stop all of that. But we are looking forward, what we're not looking forward to, we're looking dreadingly to a horrible time of war and world government, world conquest uh, by a dictatorship that has all power. If I can go even backing up a little bit earlier mm -hmm. about what's going to happen, and that is, uh, as Mr. Elliot mentioned, it's the, there's going to be a, a power that, that, that rises, that is going to be belligerent, is going mm -hmm. to be very very bad time for and not, and not a democratic power and not a democratic power um, before that we're going to see the demise of, of the English-speaking people people we're going to see the demise of our democ democratic system and why mm -hmm. um, we touched a little bit on this when we had a similar program some time back that many people think that the rise of the English and the Americans well it's just because we're innovative it, we work hard, we are smart, we have uh, invent things, and totally missing, the, or maybe our system. Maybe it's dem dem democracy that made us rise mm -hmm. in the 1700s and the 1800s and the 1900s and 20th century, and totally miss the point that God had a prophecy for modern Israel, that, that the whole, bl the blessings mm -hmm. that we're enjoying are not so, it's not so much the system, it's we are living in the land of modern Israel. And uh, we were talking a moment before the program, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, God prophesied through uh, Moses, speaking of the, uh, the Israelites, he said, you shall, when you go into the land, when you are wealthy, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. It's God who has raised up these nations that we live in today to such an incredible, prosperous height. And because of our sins, because of our absolute rebellion against him, he's going to cut us off at the knees. He's going to correct us because we're not recognizing him as the one who gives us power. So that will happen just before these other things he mentioned. Mm -hmm. Let me interject just a little clarification for our listeners. When we talk about Israel or Israelitish peoples, we're not referring to the nation that calls itself Israel. Mm. There were 12 tribes of Israel 
and all 12 tribes still exist on this earth. The country that calls itself Israel represents one of those tribes, predominantly Judah, but there are others, and the United States represents one of them, England represents another one, and there are others scattered throughout Europe and around the world. So we're talking about the Western, generally Western democracies, English-speaking, and other countries, mm-hmm. the, what are normally called the Anglo-Saxons. And God did promise blessings, and that's why all of us, all of these countries have risen as they have, and that's why we do have this wealth that it's actually far above many other countries on earth. And as Mr. McNair said, because we've sinned against him, turned against God, he's going to take that wealth away from all of us. Mm. And that's going to bring us all down before this terrible time of war I just mentioned. I should just mention for our audience, too, if you want to learn more about who these nations are, please go ahead and uh, jump on our website, tomorrowsworld.org, and look up the booklet that we publish on the United States and Great Britain in prophecy. And it really will take you, as Mr. Elliot was saying, beyond just the English-speaking nations, although they're, they're a great, comp- great compilation of that group, but many of the uh, Western European nations and others around the world as well. It really is interesting. Gentlemen, we are running out of time here, so I want to come down to a final question. And Mr. McNair, we'll start with you. Uh, what is a key point that you would like our audience to take away from today's discussion on the decline of democracy? You know, we have heard this, uh, the scripture, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, I think a lot in, in, in our work and, and we're going to hear it more. Mm-hmm. It says, but, I, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. And I'll just dot, dot, dot from there on. It's a long verse. What we're seeing is people who should have self-restraint, should have self-constraint mm-hmm. be in this system that we live in, which gives us so much freedom, but Paul said prophetically, there's going to come a time when people use freedom to self-indulgence. Mm-hmm. And if there's any admonition that we could give to our, to our viewers, it is don't fall for it. Don't, don't just go the way of our culture, but understand that you were made, we were made by a creator, and he's got rules and laws and guidelines that give us, show us the blessings of life. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help us in the future through the dark days as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a little uh, admonition. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mr. Elliott, what advice do you have to leave us with? Well, first of all, those of us who grew up in Western democracies were taught to love democracy and a democratic form of government, mm-hmm. love what we call our freedoms. But democracy is not God's government. We shouldn't hang on to it as if this is what God wants us to do. This is not his government. So we have to think outside that box. We have to see what God tells us will produce success, what will make us truly happy, and how he thinks about these things. So I suspect we're going to lose these democratic freedoms. We're already seeing some of them go by the board. And when we do... I don't think we should be complaining that we're losing God's form of government. There is something better. And the pages of the Bible and the publications of the Living Church of God point people to those things. 
Thank you, Mr. Elliott, and thank you for being on the program again with us today. We really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Mr. McNair, thank you again. Thank you. For being here and for your comments. You know, as Plato did observe millennia ago, Mr. McNair talked about that, forms of government tend to cycle. And the democracy is not immune to this cycling effect. As many a world leader has observed, democracies are often short-lived and give way to lower, more terraneous forms of government. Could we be approaching the end of another democratic cycle in Western and uh, global civilization? Certainly political scientists seem to think so. End time Bible prophecy also indicates that the world at the end of the age will be segmented into what appear to be supranational dictatorships, a path we are seeing the beginnings of already. Thankfully, Jesus Christ will return, as we've talked about today, to the earth. He'll set up his own world-ruling government of peace and prosperity that will last indefinitely. But his government will not be a democracy either. For insights, more insights into this fortuitous topic, please be sure to read our article on the future of democracy. It's available for download and free, by the way, at tomorrowsworld.org. To gain more insights into the trends you see in our modern society today, be sure to join us each week on TW Now. Next week, we plan to discuss the question, when will the next recession hit? We invite you also to subscribe, like, or share today's program, and we'll look forward to, again, seeing you on this program next week.